I would always start with just getting super clear on who your ideal client is and what content they resonate with. When you put faith in yourself and it pays off, you get evidence that you can trust yourself. Success looks so different for everyone. So the ability to listen and pivot and move fast, I think has served us really well. Welcome back to the Boss Bay podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance and learning how to balance it all. So this episode is a little bit different. I was recently interviewed on my friend Heather's podcast, Creating Confidence, and we just had the most amazing conversation and dove into a lot of things that I don't normally talk about. So childhood, confidence, imposter syndrome, and I knew you would love it. So I asked Heather if we could share the episode on our podcast. So I'm going to hand you over to Heather now and you can listen to our interview. This episode is brought to you by the Boss Babe Insta Growth Accelerator, a 12-week program designed to help you grow and monetize your Instagram account. If you are ready to grow your audience with your absolute ideal clients who are throwing their credit cards at you and sending you those famous, can I buy from you DMs that we help our clients get, then listen up. I've created a completely free training to help you do exactly that. It's 90 minutes and I walk you through the exact step-by-step strategy you need to attract 10,000 of your ideal clients as followers over the next 30 days. If you know that growing your audience with ideal clients who can't wait to buy from you would completely change the game, then this free training is for you. Just visit bossbabe.com forward slash grow that insta. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. And welcome back to Creating Confidence. I'm so excited for you to meet my fab guest, Natalie Ellis, Boss Babe, co-founder and CEO. She is a major CEO. At just 27 years old, Natalie is the creator and strategist behind Boss Babe, one of the fastest growing online communities of ambitious women. With a global online community of over 1.7 million women, and we had to update that number because this thing's growing so rapidly, its mission is to inspire and support women to turn their dreams into a reality through building successful businesses. Natalie, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. How about that accent? It's gorgeous. I can't take it. (laughs) Thank you. I love that I get that in America. When I'm back home, no one cares less. (laughs) So where is home? Um, I'm from Newcastle, which is near Scotland. It's like, for anyone that doesn't know the UK, it's basically the Winterfell of the UK if you watch Game of Thrones. Oh, I don't. Isn't that tragic? It's kind of tragic. I'm the only person. Every, everybody else listens, watches it. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, Northern England. So how long have you been here in the States? Um, about three and a half years now. And I've been in LA for just over a year. But you actually weren't, for the three and a half years you have been here, you weren't 100% in on Boss Babe and building 1.7 million community and followers. No, I we went kind of all in about a year and a half ago. Before that, I had a different company um, and was just feeling into what my passion was going to be. And we had this growing, but we went all in about a year and a half ago, and it's been incredible. So tell us how this community came to be, this initiative came to be, and knowing that you wanted to go all in happened. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm like that cliche entrepreneur. I like had my first business when I was seven. And I like, I think I was like a born entrepreneur because no one in my family is an entrepreneur. So I don't know where it came from. Did they think you were crazy? Oh, yeah. I think they still do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they even know what I do. But yeah, I I was always like this. I always loved this idea of creating something and, and having that freedom. Um, But it was only when I was about 13 that I even discovered the word entrepreneurship and it kind of summed up what I was doing. I was was at a career day at school and some lady came in and was talking about having her own business. I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I've always just been obsessed with entrepreneurship. And I thought for me that meant having a business. And my first like real official business was a supplement company. I was manufacturing supplements and had them in stores all across the UK um, when I was 22. And what I realized was I actually loved the idea of entrepreneurship and really helping other people get into it than just having multiple different kinds of businesses like entrepreneurship is my passion and so it took a while to figure out what that looked like because I'm like is it a job to help other people start businesses is it a job to talk about entrepreneurship is anyone else even interested in this thing because I thought it was weird no one else around me was doing it and that's how I really got into Boss Babe and um, decided to go all in. Our first like product was called The Society, which is a membership for female entrepreneurs. And it was essentially me just creating what I really wish I had back when I started my first business because it was so lonely and it can be when no one around you really gets what you're doing. And so that's where it really all started and kind of evolved from there. And so you really just followed your passion, not what other people were telling you to do or what you should be. Yeah. And there was a lot of having to really push back on what people were telling me to do. I remember when I was leaving university, I had an amazing job offer. It would have paid off all my student debt. It was like the dream job for the degree that I did. And something inside just didn't feel right. And I asked them, I asked the the graduate job, can you just give me a year to figure this out? And then I'll come back and start the job in a year's time. And they were like, yeah. And so I made this bet with myself, okay, if I get any business off the ground, I don't care what it is, then I will go and do that instead of going to this job. Because I had bills to pay. I couldn't just just take a few years off. But getting a business off the ground often takes longer than you think. And so it came to that year point and I was literally just freelancing to make money while trying to get a business off the ground. And I had to really make a decision to go all in on myself and turn down this job. And everyone thought I was crazy. And it's been a lot of that, like taking bets on myself and doing things that maybe I haven't seen other people doing. But it really does pay off. And it sounds cliche, but it does. But were you scared? I mean, you make it sound easy. To me, thinking of having that dream job or, you know, when I graduated school, I got into sales and it was a good enough job. I never thought of doing anything else because that's what I was supposed to do or society told you to do. So what what do you attribute that that difference making that you were able to just go with your gut and, and your idea? I had a really turbulent childhood, which I think made me very resistant to uncertainty. And so um, even when I was at university, I was traveling. I would just hop on a plane on my own and go to Asia or I came to America. And I would have just a couple hundred dollars in my bank account. I'd have no idea what I was going to do. But I, I think I built that resiliency in my childhood to just just see what happened and put that faith in myself and I think when you put faith in yourself and it pays off you get evidence that you can trust yourself and you get evidence in that self-belief and I just kept doing it more and more to a point where I 
really did believe myself and I was willing to do it but I still now I get scared making decisions and I have these moments of oh is it gonna fail like this is really risky but again if it works out it's just more evidence in the bank and if it doesn't I feel okay in doing something else that's amazing I so applaud that you're doing this at such a young age it's mind-blowing to me it took me turning 43 to figure any of this stuff out and you're light years ahead so congrats it's really awesome to watch that happen thank you so when you did go all in on Boss Babe, what were the initial steps that you took? What did all in look like? So I really wanted to create this product, the society. I wanted a membership product where women could join with a really low entry point. Like it, it we started it at $29 a month. And so it was the amount of money that pretty much anyone could invest and we just poured so much into them to really help them get their business off the ground. And that's where we started. We were like, if we can really get some women in here and transform their lives and really show what we're doing, then we've got something. We've got product market fit and we can scale it. And so I spent months just doing research into young entrepreneurs and what they need and why they fail in business. And I tried to tick all the boxes that would suggest if they do these things, they will succeed. And so we came up with a framework and we helped walk them through the framework. And very quickly, we started getting results. And so people started talking about it. So this this product scaled very, very fast and so from there we just really listened to our audience um I'm very good at Instagram and so growing Instagram was the thing that I did and so as my audience there grew I just kept listening what do you want from us what what more can we do to support you what is stopping you from taking the leap and saying yes to this business and um it really came from there and we just kept listening and the next product we came out with was a product called IGA which is an Insta Growth Accelerator and helps them do what we did on social we very much just said this is our exact strategy take it go use it and again it really worked and we just kept listening and so that's really what the business is built on just building a community of ambitious women really supporting them and saying okay what's next what is it going to take for us to help you get to that next step because success looks so different for everyone what I think is successful is probably different to you and so the ability to listen and pivot and move fast I think has served us really well move fast and break things I'm all about it I yeah love so you brought up Instagram which is interesting because to me Instagram is a mystery I cannot figure it out I can't crack the code and anytime you figure out one thing it seems everything changes and you're set back a, a year or two so what can you share some of that recipe for success of why you're able to get your Instagram blowing up without posting naked pictures of people, by the way? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, my first tip for anyone is is try and create viral content because viral content is going to mean that you are pushed to the top of everyone's feeds because Instagram is signaling this is a really good piece of content and they want as much engagement as possible on their platform. So you're going to be pushed to the top of everyone's feed. You're going to be on their explore page and that means you're going to get seen by people who aren't even following you or your, people are going to be tagging their friends in your posts. So again, you're getting seen by people who aren't following you but probably should be because if their friends are chances are they're your demographic too so um viral content is definitely the place to start and so what i would be doing is making a list of like at least 10 people who are very very similar to you in your niche so for us it would be female entrepreneurs or ambitious women we would go and look at other pages or influencers who have the same following as us and scroll through their pay- their feed posts so say they have 10,000 likes 10,000 likes and then you spot a 50,000 likes okay jackpot this went viral why and we dissect it and we try and understand and 
and then we repost it and we test and if that goes viral for us we know okay that's this is a similar audience and this recipe works i feel like this is cheating (laughs) (laughs) it's just really really figuring out what everyone's going to resonate with and then once you know that and you've tested it a few times and you kind of dissect your recipe then you can create original content based off of that it's amazing. It seems so simplistic, yet I can tell you this, I never thought to do it. Right? Yeah, and I don't think it is because it really takes time to really test and try and see what's actually working. So that's one tip. And then um, just with the new algorithm update, so Instagram are now testing in different countries, they're hiding likes and comment, like like numbers, which is really interesting. And I think it doesn't really scare me. And I don't think it scares a lot of influencers because sometimes you can worry about the way that your content's perceived like if you used to get thousands of likes and then you get like a couple of hundred likes you're like wait does no one like me what's happened and it can stop you from posting content and i mean so like if people aren't posting on social media and they're just consuming that's just like a publication it's like a blog and that's not what builds a social media company so i think instagram and facebook are really catching on to this and so they're making it really easy for you to post pictures of your dog and not really care less how many people are going to like it and so i think what that tells us as well is the frequency of your posts is important so the more you're posting and creating all the original content then the more you're going to get favor with instagram so i say story every single day and we post four times a day which is a lot, but we're a brand, which I think you get away with. It's not pictures of me every single day. It's like uh, lots of different types of content. But as a personal brand, if you can post like at least once a day, I think it'll really serve you. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, yeah. How many people do you have on your team that work on your social? Um, On the social, probably just two. Wow. Yeah, we're a really small team. There's only 19 in total on the team. So what are the majority of the people on your team working on? totally different things we kind of split between marketing and ops so we're like very systems focused because we have we have thousands and thousands of clients that's a lot of maintenance in the back end so making sure tech doesn't break making sure we can answer everyone's emails at every single point there is always someone on live chat on the inside our membership so if anyone's struggling with anything they can hop on there and ask questions so it's a big mix of different things and then on top of our instagram we have our facebook our podcast um our blog so lots of different people working on different things so i'm sure one of the questions that you get from a lot of your members and a lot of your community is great you're teaching me how to increase my following and i'm amassing a a larger following however at what point can i monetize it and how do i do that yeah i get that question a lot and i think it really depends on how you monetize so if you're monetizing your own product say you have like physical products or service-based products and you're monetizing you can be monetizing from less than a thousand followers as long as they are really targeted and engaged or of course if you're getting sponsorships then it has to be a higher number but it really depends on the buying power of your audience because the company is going to want to work with someone with say 50,000 followers who have very strong buying power than someone with a million followers whose audience are not trusting them and aren't going to convert um but if you're just monetizing your own instagram it's really about attracting people that are gonna buy from you and so that really comes down your content strategy so are you posting stuff that your absolute ideal client would engage with or do you even know who your ideal client is do you know where they hang out and so that's kind of where it comes back to that viral research so really seeing what resonates with them and building intentionally i think sometimes on social it can be this whole attraction i just want to get thousands and thousands of followers 
but actually is that going to serve your business because sometimes in IJ I'll, I'll teach people to instead of going after 10,000 people like try and go after a thousand of your ideal clients because if a thousand people buy your product that's a pretty big conversion that's a lot and so really really thinking through like that but I would always start with just getting super clear on who your ideal client is and what what content they resonate with one of the things that I find so hard listening to you explain this you know I, I know what my followers love but sometimes it's hard to reinvent that every day right so on my feed people love to hear about what challenge I'm overcoming or be inspired by some massive thing like me getting fired but you don't get fired every day right so how many times can you go back to that well again or how do you reinvent it to make it fresher interesting I think what you're telling me is they just love the transparency that you post. And so like thinking about how you can just incorporate that daily. So whether you're having like a shitty day, like talk about that and just say like, yeah, I didn't get fired, but this happened. I was in a really bad mood. I had to push past like 10 podcasts and whatever it is. And I think just like bringing people behind the scenes is a really nice thing because I think sometimes on social vulnerability can be perceived as oh are they just trying to sell me something again but when you're just like really open and transparent and you're like hey guys I'm just bringing you on this journey with me I think people resonate a lot with that a couple of years ago like people loved scrolling through their feeds and just seeing these like Pinterest perfect photos and I think people don't like that so much anymore they want to see realness what do you think is going to come next? Because I do agree with you. People loved that picture perfect and put 18 filters on it. And now everyone's putting no filters on. And those are the posts that are doing well. Where do you think that this evolution will go next? I think this is going to continue and just really going into video more and more. Video is obviously huge already. But um, I think video just helps you connect with a person on such a deeper level than like a, a, an image or something. And so I think that transparency is really going to continue. Um, but it's going to be a lot more video based what about your thoughts on linkedin i think linkedin's an amazing platform and i think there is a lot to be said about linkedin i don't think enough people are really putting time into growing it um i think it's growing very very fast i would be in it's unbelievable to me it's my easiest platform to grow and to get viral content and what's so interesting and i'd love to hear your take on this i can post something on linkedin it'll get a million views i post the same thing on instagram it gets a thousand views why why does one thing work so well over here and i assume it's the similar people that are engaging with the content it's probably completely different demographics i think the instagram audience is definitely a bit younger than linkedin um, I'm not a LinkedIn expert, but that's what I've noticed. Whenever I post kind of businessy content on LinkedIn, it does so much better than if I do it on Instagram. Like people just want bite size on Instagram, they're scrolling. But on LinkedIn, I feel like they're spending more time. They want something more valuable. So I don't know. It's really interesting. And what about your email list? How does that weight in your business? And do you put a lot of weight into creating a large email list? Yes, 100%. Because with social media, I mean god forbid anything ever happens but you don't want your business to be dependent on an instagram account what if the algorithm changes or you get shut down or any of these things that could happen i don't want my audience base to be owned by another company and so as much as i possibly can i funnel people to my email list and really really build that up i think that's real estate that you own and that's where i'm really i really care about building and you believe or your feedback that you're getting from your community is that even these younger people are using their email 
Yeah, I mean, our audience are about like 25 to 35 and our email list is super engaged um, and it's growing really, really fast. And we just get really intentional about, okay, what does it look like from someone clicking the follow button on Instagram to then becoming a subscriber on our email list? That's a customer journey that we really care about. And so just constantly asking them to join and giving them like free challenges and downloadables and reasons to sign up, I think is super important. But yeah, we get an amazing engagement. We haven't seen that drop. Um, I do think there's other pieces of like real estate online that are interesting. I think messenger bots, I think text message, all of that feels very intimate and I, and we're building that too. But at the same time, you don't, it's the same messenger. You're not owning that text message is different numbers. I think is great real estate, but, um, I, I think we're moving more towards that kind of intimate. That messenger bot, I just installed a bot on my website a month ago and I've been blown away by the questions and it's really like you're having a conversation with somebody live, however you can't see their face, but it's a great point that you just mentioned, but I still don't own that person because I don't have their email list. So how do you take that opportunity in a conversation on a site and convert that into something where you you get that takeaway? I would have like a handful of freebies. So depending on what they're asking you, just say, oh, I've got the perfect resource for you. Here it is. Send it to them. They put their email in. They get to download it. That's what we do. We like try and respond to every single DM that we get. And we normally have a handful of freebies ready to go. And based on whatever they're asking, we'll funnel them towards a specific thing. Um, Or we've got quizzes. We might say, hey, if you're stuck or you need clarity, go fill this in. It'll give you it. And obviously they put their email in to get their results. So just having those to hand and being able to hand them out very fast I think is a great idea I'm absolutely going to do that because I've had so many people come and have a conversation on the site and I'm saying geez I don't know who that person is <laughs> you can see the city they live in but that's yeah. all you know right and they must be asking the same things over and over like you could probably pool it into like five things right right yeah no that's a great idea I definitely need to offer I currently only have two different free giveaways and now I just need to like you're saying address the other topics that people are bringing up so I can offer them that for a conversion point so talk about Linktree to me because this is something I've heard conflicting information on when we have our site up on Instagram and we you know you have that one site you can drive people to do you drive them to your website do you drive them to a link tree so you can offer them a number of different things what is that right answer yeah I mean I don't know that's the right answer I don't use it personally but I do see value in some people using it I think it really depends I do love to see people having a clear call to action because I think it's a lot easier to tell someone to do one thing than give them 10 options and they're just getting this decision paralysis. So I choose not to use it. But if you are set, if you kind of are in one niche, but you have lots of different things to offer, maybe you've got a blog and a podcast and a freebie, you could use it. And I would, I honestly love data. And so I would test, I would say, okay, this week I'm going to use a link tree. This is what the numbers look like. Next week I'm not going to use it. This is what the numbers look like. Because I think there's no right answer for anyone. Um, it's all in data. And I make all my decisions based off data when I can. So A-B test and see what works for you. You have no formal training with data, do you? No. This is all just self-taught. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. And at such a young age, it just it's really eye-opening to me. So when you look back three years ago and you had just come to the U.S., did you have any idea how successful your business was going to be this quickly? Did you see that happening? 
Yes and no. Like I always had a lot of self-belief and I wanted to be a millionaire before I was 30. And obviously like all of that happened a lot sooner than I thought. But I never for a minute doubted that I would be successful. Like I'm like a big manifester. So I always had things written down in my journal. Like I would, and I still do it. I would write down what my day would look like. Even like I would be like, I wake up, I see palm trees. Like I didn't have a green card, nothing. I didn't know I was going to be able to stay in the States. Like it's obviously very hard to immigrate. So I didn't know any of this was going to happen. Like when I first moved to America, I was sharing a room with four people, all my friends from college, like none of us like had a penny to our name. And I just held that vision and I knew what I wanted. And I just kept saying yes to opportunities and I worked really, really hard. And I really believe in tipping points. So you can work really, really hard and one day everything just clicks and it falls into place and then things happen a lot faster. And that's definitely what I experienced. I think you push, push, push and then you exponentially grow um so uh, yeah I always held that vision and I I think I didn't give myself any other choice well I haven't reached the tipping point yet so tell me how do you get yourself to stay on that path during those moments where it's difficult and it feels tiring and you're wondering when is that tipping point coming because it should have already been here by now you're thinking in your mind yeah just hold the bigger vision and just know why you're doing it and just keep pushing because there's always going to be hard points like even when you think you've made it and you're like at the tipping point and then you're growing then something's gonna like like everything's gonna fall down again like I feel like you're always gonna have those hard points and so just really remembering why you're doing it and one thing I'm really trying to get better at is not be not let the lows be low and not be the not let the highs be too high because what I realize like especially as an entrepreneur like the highs can be really high and the lows can be really low because if you think you're going to lose your business or or something bad happens like it's all on your shoulders this is your business this is your responsibility and there's not really anyone else who's going to care as much as you do and it's a lot of weight and you can feel like everything's falling apart and it can be really low or the highs can be so high that you're like super energetic and what I've realized is that can be a really draining exhausting journey and so I'm trying to get to a place now where I don't really let either or affect me and of course I'm going to feel like happy or I'm going to feel sad but I don't want to be on that roller coaster anymore that I think I definitely have been on in the past because it's draining and I want to be in a place where I'm like always calm no matter what's going on so that I can lead from that way because it's not just me anymore and I've realized that's like pretty important when you have a team like relying on you. I feel like you just described all my romantic relationships. (laughs) I mean, getting addicted to that roller coaster ride is the same thing in business as it can be in relationships. Do you subscribe to that same philosophy in your personal life now? I mean, I'm trying, but it's hard, right? It's hard. It definitely is hard. It's hard, yeah. How does it work at Boss Babe having a co-founder? It's incredible. I, I didn't realize until probably like a year or so ago but everything I've really done in my life that I've loved I've done with other people like I've always been that collaborator I love like being at the table with someone else who brings the things I don't bring like I'm very good at seeing what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and I don't want to waste my time going and doing the things I'm not good at because no one's gonna win no one's gonna enjoy that and so I've always from you know being in school like found people that were gonna help me win or and I can help them win at the same time and so I met my co-founder at a random like 
event like business event and it was really funny because uh, like we were with a bunch of people I actually went with a friend of mine it was all her clients I was meeting and everyone was going out that night for drinks and I was I'm a Capricorn I was like go no I need to go to bed early I need to be up so I can be at the seminar and learn and all this stuff and my business partner was exactly the same she was there too with her husband and they were like oh we're gonna go out for dinner and I was like great I'm just gonna come with you and I like third wheeled and went out for dinner with them um and like we just had a really good relationship from that point and I their relationship was very similar to mine and my husband so I was like well if nothing else we'll just be couple friends that'll be great and we just kept in touch from that event and started collaborating and then uh she she we started kind of talking about the idea of the society together and she decided to invest in Boss Babe with me and came on board and it's just been absolutely incredible because we're so completely different that's such a nice compliment for you both yeah so where does Boss Babe go from here I mean the expectations I would imagine and probably the pressure you put on yourself because you've had this extreme success in this very short period I'm sure everyone's always asking okay so where do you go from here yeah, we have big plans for Boss Babes, so I want to be the world's biggest like community of ambitious women, um, and that's going to look a lot of different ways. So we're really building out all of our social, our blog, and just pushing really hard that side, and then continuing to bring out our product, bring like build out product line from our ser- like online based products to actual physical products. So we've got our first product launching in December, which is a surprise, but it's going to be amazing. And then as of next year, we're going to really build out that line. And I want to, I want everyone to know what Boss Baby is. I, I want if I see any girl on the street to say hey do you know what boss baby is and she tells me and I think that's where we're going will you start utilizing more traditional forms of advertising instead of social media have you thought about that yeah it's something that we're thinking about our head of marketing she's incredible we uh, she came from uber and she's very strong on the brand marketing side which is just something I never even knew about really I just was like let me just try and grow Instagram and see what happens and she's like no we need to be doing all these different things so we're definitely starting to get into it but it's a big learning for me because it's so new and so different but to achieve your ultimate goal of having every woman know what boss babe is it definitely sounds like it would be a a great add-on for you yeah it's needed we started doing press like a few months ago and that's been super interesting and um i'm learning so much about what exists beyond instagram (laughs) so great so when you have women i'm sure you have some people in your community and it's not even just for women but when people aren't necessarily an entrepreneur yet maybe they have ideas of what could be in the future but they're thinking how do i set myself up on social media just as me and how do i do it correctly to start creating a more of a personal brand or you know a foray into something that I could potentially be an entrepreneur at some point how do you approach that I think getting really clear on like what you want to be known for so whether you want to be an entrepreneur whether you don't just get really clear on what you want to be known for and what your values are and what kind of I call them content pillars that you're going to share because you can't share every little bit of your life and so for me my content pillars are you know I share a lot of social I share behind the scenes of business I share marriage I share like health and biohacking and then there's a lot of things that I just don't share and so I got really clear on what I wanted to share and just just create a content around them things consistently and I think that really helps you build your brand but just specifically thinking about what you want to be known for and so one thing I talk about a lot on my social is like boundaries I have crazy boundaries I really believe in work-life balance like I don't want to get to 50 60 and start looking back on my life thinking oh I really wish I'd spent more time with my friends or family I just don't want you. that and so I share that very vocally and it goes against what a lot of entrepreneurs share online like hustle hustle you need to 
work harder and like no I want to watch Netflix and like eat a whole bag of chocolate like I want to chill and still build a business and I and I want to be that voice for doing business differently and so that was one of my pillars and so really thinking through okay what do I want to be known for as me and then building stuff around it and you'll find it comes naturally. So how do you create boundaries because so many people struggle with this. I was just at an event last week and people were messaging me, come out here, you need to come out for a meet and greet. And I was trying to get ready for the event and the old me would feel obligated to go out there because people are supporting you and you want to thank people and be a part of their life and appreciate them. But the new version 2.0 of me said, thank you. Uh, I'll be worth your wait. See you in 15 minutes. You know, because I had to take care of myself in order to go out there and do a great job for them. So, I mean, what does that look like creating boundaries in, in your world? I mean, exactly what you've just described, like being very aware of it. For me, it was getting really clear on what my priorities were. Like my number one priority is my health. Like if I don't have my health, I'm dead. I'm no use to anyone when I'm dead. So like it sounds really bleak, but it's true. <laughs> like My husband probably wants me to say he's my number one, but it's health. So that's my number one. Second to that is family and friends. Like, of course, my marriage is super important. And no business is more important than that. Like, that's what really matters to me. And then it's business. And so I think in order of those priorities. And I, like, look back at, like, each week and I'm like, did I put the time I needed into my health? Like, did I really look after myself? Or did I spend enough time with my family and friends? Did I set those boundaries? Um, and then work is super important to me. Like, it's definitely in the top three, but it's not my entire life. Like, I want my business to be a vehicle for the bus- the life I want to live, not me being a vehicle for the life the business is taking on, which I was in when I first started my business. Like, I was hustling. Cr- like, I didn't sleep. Like, it was crazy. And I got burned out so many times. But then I really realized what was important to me. So I have those order of priorities and I just like get better at saying no, which I think like, you'll know, it's so hard. And sometimes I feel like I'm letting people down. But if I don't feel good, then I'm never going to do good. And I certainly can't live out my purpose, which is, you know, really impacting women and, and motivating women and really encouraging them to be like unapologetically ambitious. I can't do that if I'm drained and exhausted and burned out and not loving what I do. And so that comes before like answering every single DM or every single comment. Like those are things that have very little impact and I want to spend my time doing things that have bigger impact. So I think it's just that balance. And then within my company, I really believe in leading by example and I want everyone that works with us to have a good work-life balance. And so it's one of our core values and every single like team meeting we have, I remind people of that. If I'm seeing them not take care of their health, if I'm seeing them work too much, I point it out. And then I also lead by that. Like I take vacations and I completely switch off and I tell my team if you need me I'm not available so figure it out and they kind of get used to it that's such a refreshing uh, description of a company because my time in corporate America I didn't work for companies like that it was the antithesis right it was you better get this done and if you pull an all-nighter you know this is deadline jobs on you you need to figure it out and to me when I hear you talk about how you're creating this business this community it's all about passion, purpose, putting yourself first and doing it in a really healthy way. It's funny to me that it sounds so crazy. It's actually sad, right, that we live in this culture that people are more accustomed to being browbeaten by a boss and told just get it done and you know and I don't care that you haven't seen your child. 
it's really exciting to hear that there are companies out there that want to take care of employees and leadership by example does exist in a really positive way. I remember when I was younger, probably your age, when I was um, in a management role, I would be afraid that if I left early, other people would leave early and things I, – I was – in a very different mental state than you are now. It was more of this fear-driven um, awareness that I had that if I'm not there and hands-on, it's not going to get done correctly, and it's my tail at the end of this, and I've got to deliver the number, and I led that way. So in my eyes, it was leadership by example. I outworked everyone. But like you said, I mean, you get to this point where and I'm years older than you that now I look back and think of how much I gave up. And what I've learned, and I, I want everyone to understand this, the company is not going to be appreciating you 25 years later and singing your praises. Things mm-hmm. are going to change. Companies are bought and sold. Leadership changes occur. People get sick and leave. You know, a million different things can happen. In that moment, you feel like it's everything. However, now that I have this hindsight, I gave up vacations. I gave up family time. I gave up time with my baby, you know, that, yes, I, I built great experience and no one can take that away from you. But when you look back and you say, you know, I probably could have done a great job and taken a couple of vacations. I don't think that the company was going to implode, right? And it's about how do we find good people to work with that agree with us and think that same way. And it's really great to hear there are companies like this because I think more and more people are trying to recruit people with that same messaging. Yeah, and it's, it is crazy that we think this is like a wild idea to take vacations, to take time off. And and I think the hustle culture is celebrated way more than it should be. Like, why as humans do we think that making money or like spending mid like midnight in the office is more important than being home snuggled up on the sofa with like our family? Like, I don't understand how that happened. But I think it's a lot of it for me anyways comes from that fear or that lack and wondering, oh, gosh, I don't want to get in financial trouble, and I've got this right now. I'm having great ideas right now. I'm young enough right now. I need to lean into this. Mm. However, it doesn't pay off. So you mentioned biohacks. What are some of your favorite biohacks you can share with us on how you keep yourself so healthy? I love um, breath work. I think breath work's incredible. Have you done it? No. Oh my God, you need to do it. It's amazing. So um, you do like breath work for like an hour and you feel like an entirely new person because sometimes I think we store like th- like stress and anxiety and stuff we don't even know that we're storing because we're so used to just taking everything on. And when you do breath work, it takes everything away. It's incredible. It's phenomenal. And you can do it like you can go to the class and learn how to do it and you can do it like at home by yourself. Like it's super easy. It costs barely anything. So like that. That's the number one thing I love. So I highly recommend that. Um, My diet is super important to me. Like I eat really, really clean and I try and eat for like good performance because for all I don't believe in like hustling that crazy, like when I am at work, I am so focused and I get so much shit done and I wouldn't do that if I ate like crap. So I'm really, really specific about that. Like I eat to have good energy. Um, So that's a big one. Sleep. I love sleep. I have like at least eight hours a night. Like I absolutely love it. I track my sleep with an aura ring. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. It tracks everything. And so it'll tell you how much REM, how much deep sleep, how how long it took you to fall asleep if you woke up. Um, It'll track your heart rate, your heart rate variability. And so you can really see trends of like um, if you're stressed or if you're doing well or what a workout does for you. Like I, I test and track everything. So I love that. Um, Those are like my main ones. Meditation is super important to me. Like I think just 
being still and quiet is something that we don't often do enough and it's free like there's tons of, like tons of biohacks that I love that are more expensive like I have an infrared sauna that I absolutely love and I try and use every single day but I think like it starts with the free stuff isn't it unbelievable though when you start thinking all the good things you can do for yourself and thinking how much time it's going to take all yeah. I just ran through my mind listening to, I'm like I want to try that I want to try that and I still need to work out and I still need to go get my son and then I need to get on this plane I mean it's so hard to figure out and it goes back to your boundaries and priorities you know what are they because it's so simple to let some of those things go and and it it creates a completely different situation for yourself yeah and just like thinking about okay what can I swap if I'm gonna fit in like 10 minute meditation what can I swap and like so I didn't check my emails today till like 3 p.m because I was like okay I want to get I I threw a party last night for my husband's birthday and so I woke up this morning feeling like really slow and I'm like no I'm gonna get myself right before I even start working or anything because I'm gonna be no good to anyone if my energy's low I'm just gonna be procrastinating and so I like I feel like okay if I spend 30 minutes here I'm going to gain an hour here and I try and prioritize it that way that's a good that's a very good way to look at it and I definitely going to try to do it I'm trying some of this breathing too I'm going to check that out yeah just google breath work or like go to a class it's incredible it will literally change your life okay I'm totally down for that <laughs> all right so you can't get off the show without answering this question okay when in your life have you struggled the most with your confidence um when I went to university so I came from a background where like my family didn't go to university I didn't have a lot of money and I went to a really prestigious business school and everyone there spoke differently they had all been to private schools and I remember the first week I was in the toilet cubicle crying my eyes out calling my boyfriend at the time just like people like me don't belong here and I felt like such an imposter and I had so little confidence and he like gave me the pep talk I needed that that week and I it literally took me a couple of years to really work on my confidence at uni I don't know what it was I just felt so out of place and I didn't I totally didn't by the time I left I loved it and I had some amazing friends but it was a big like shock to me going there what were some of the things that you did that allowed you to start creating confidence um well I started just getting really really good grades and becoming top of my class and I think I felt like I had something to prove to myself and so I just ended up really killing it um so that helped um I did hypnotherapy for like confidence and self-esteem it was amazing amazing I've done it too yeah that was really really good for me um but I think mainly it was just like achieving things that was proving to myself that I could do it I think I doubted myself a lot and that helped but I think that's probably not like the healthiest answer because it can be really addictive like it can be an addictive thing yeah to, but like, it's also like achieve. what you said that you said that you, it's that evidence that you're looking yeah. for of achievement which still has shown up for you today and it yeah. has helped you today yeah I definitely have like an addiction to achieving things <laughs> it's not a bad addiction <laughs> there are worse ones yeah probably <laughs> yeah that helped but hypnotherapy was great I still do it now it's so good. I actually yeah. just did it on the plane on my way out here. Because oh, once, did? yeah, once you've been exposed to it and worked with someone, it's so simple to just fire it up on on your headphones and and zone out and wake up just feeling so much better. Yeah, because I feel like any kind of personal development work you do, it's never like one and done. It always like comes back, but you just get better at dealing with things. And it takes you maybe in the past it would took you a week, and now it takes you a day or whatever. It's never done. So I'm a big believer in like keeping it going. Well, you are keeping Boss Babe going, that is for sure. And I'm so excited to see what you do next. Where can everyone find you, Natalie? Um, they can find us on Instagram at bossbabe.inc, at I am Natalie for my personal, or bossbabe.com. Thank you so much for being here today and continued success to you. Thank you for having me.